Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fair side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo right D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Paul and I are taking a look at the big points here between the Jets and the Dolphins and this matchup and how we expect the game to turn out. Looking at the Jets, obviously a, a team that was predicted by Vegas only to win four games this year. Didn't really do a lot to turn that around in the first two weeks. They lost to Buffalo by nine in week one. Then last week they get blown out 45-20 to 20 to the Raiders. But, Paul, the Dolphins, regardless of their opponent, We've seen this for the last two years. For good or bad, always seem to play their opponent pretty close. Yeah, and I look at I look back at last week's game against the the Chargers, and luckily Gase came out and said that he kind of kept the Chargers in the game with his play calling. This is a scenario where Miami has way too many weapons. They need to open up the offense a little bit more, not to a ridiculous point where they're putting themselves at risk. But they have to call the game to win the game this week. They need to call the game aggressively. They need to go down the field a little bit more and a little early, put the defense back on its heels, open up the underneath for guys like Landry, open up the run game for Ajayi and for Kenyon Drake. Let all their weapons have a role and have a role early and often, and they're all going to be able to feed off each other. Cutler can throw a deep ball. We don't need to sit there and see him throw 13 passes for 70-something yards in this one You know, to, to one receiver. We need to see the ball spread around. We need to see the tight ends get more involved. And the defense, if they play like they did last week, especially given the addition of Stephon Anthony, which we haven't even had a chance to talk about on this show, they should be able to do some really good things in this game against a fairly limp Jets offense. That'll be interesting to see because on one hand, I think, the Dolphins are going to be a little bit more aggressive in this game because I believe that the plan last week was to neutralize Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram for the Chargers, arguably the best defensive end pass rushing combo in the league. But on the other hand, I start thinking if the Dolphins play this game close to the vest, run Jay Ajayi, take the yards that are there, the Jets aren't going to win this game. I mean, it's it's going to be a 20 to 10 or 24 to 10 type of affair so we will see on that but one thing is the Jets really don't have a whole heck of a lot of pass rush Muhammad Wilkerson may miss this game with a shoulder injury Sheldon Richardson was traded to the Seahawks Leonard Williams coming off one of the worst games according to pro football focus of his career so that Jets defense really is going down fast on that front wall that looks so good for so many years for them and then when you look at the defensive backs Paul last week, Michael Crabtree, three touchdowns, one off Morris Claiborne, who they paid a lot of money to in the offseason, two more off Nickelback Justin Burris. As we were talking about with a, with a previous guest, Jeff Lloyd, 
in another episode, man, oh, man, I, I don't see a matchup I don't like for the Dolphins receivers here. Yeah, their safeties back there are pretty damn decent, but everything to the left and right of their safety position is just more and more hot garbage. I mean, this is a team that would kill for a corner like a Nolan Carroll at this point. I mean, they're just bad, and Miami is so stacked at wide receiver. I just can't help but think those wide receivers are going to be doing a lot all day. The safeties are going to be helping like crazy which is going to open up the middle of that field for maybe this is the big day for Julius Thomas to break out. Maybe this is the day that you see Kenyon Drake or, or Jay Ajayi get more involved in the passing game uh, as this game wears on. So there's a lot of really, really good things Miami can do here. And it really sucks a little bit that the Jets are as bad as they are. I look forward to this rivalry game every year. And to me, this is a team that you know was talked about in the preseason, not only of only maybe winning four games, they were talked about as potentially breaking the record for least points in a season. And this wasn't in a joking manner they were talked about this way. This was actual serious conversation that they may not hit the 140-point mark that was set by, I can't think of who it was off the top of my head because it was a while ago, but that's absolutely brutal to have to look at a game like this. I mean, luckily, I'll be up there for it. So I might get to see an absolute blowout, which I think all the Dolphins fans out there could use given the way that this offseason shaped up for Miami. Paul, you say that it's a shame that the Jets aren't better because of the rivalry. And I say, speak for yourself, because I I am loving every minute of the New York Jets being bad at this point. Uh, (laughs) But, no, you're you're right on that. So when, when you look at the matchup, here, uh, Dolphins are only favored by six or six points in this contest. They seem to play down to their competition a lot. I, I'll tell you, looking at the Chargers last week, I, I hated and I continue to hate these defenses in the NFL that play so far off the football. The Dolphins tend to be one of them, even as the game is coming down to the wire. It'll be more traumatizing this week if that's the case, because Josh McCown and at wide receiver, he's got. Nobody that can get deep like a Travis Benjamin could. He's got he's got Jermaine Curse and Jeremy Curley, and they're getting Austin Safarian Jenkins back, but no real speed threat. So this is a game where the Dolphins really have to clamp down on the defensive side of the ball because there isn't that over-the-top threat. There isn't really a huge threat on this offense, in my mind, anyway. Uh, I just I feel like anybody trying to get deep, that offensive line is not going to hold up against the Dolphins' defensive line. Uh, so that kind of neutralizes a lot of that deep threat aspect, especially since none of their guys are truly speed guys. So they're going to need a little bit longer to get down the field than, say, you know, a Jakeem Grant or a Kenny Stills would for the Dolphins. So that's going to give the Dolphins' defensive ends in Hayes in Harris, in Wake, in Branch, a chance to feast off the edge. That's going to give Ndamukong Sue a chance to possibly bust through the middle, especially if he's playing, up a ba- playing against a backup right guard. If they have to help with Sue all day with one or two guys, that's just going to set things up even more for Davin Godshaw, for Jordan Phillips coming up the middle. And that's going to set the pressure off the edge, and really Miami doesn't have to cover for a huge amount of time 
if they can give that defensive line a good two and a half, three seconds, that's all they need against this this limp offense that I keep going back to. If they don't, if the Dolphins can get to the quarterback, get to Josh McCown with their front four, I don't see how the Jets are going to score 10 points in this game. They just don't have the offense to exploit the rest of the field. But I just want to see the Dolphins on defense get out of this mindset that when, when there's one wide receiver on one side of the field and I see three defensive backs and a linebacker on that same side, just cover the guy that you see in front of you and stop giving him a 10 or a 15-yard window. That's what would be maddening in this contest. But I do expect the Dolphins to pull it together here, come away 2-0. and yeah. Before we get to our predictions, Paul, anything else stick out for you as far as the matchups are concerned? Anything you're really looking at in this game on the field? Um, I just think the Dolphins really have them overmatched in pretty much every area at this point. So if they don't blow this game wide open, there's something wrong. Uh, one thing that's going to be really fun for me, and I, I have to give a huge shout-out to the Dolphins NYC crew, as well as some of the other fan clubs that, that do always travel in for this game. I know Miami has habitually been losing a home game every year over to London, but it's nice that Miami's really been able to pick up a home game in a lot of ways in this Jets matchup every year. I know this year, Dolphins NYC, just with their group ticket sales, not even counting everybody else that's going and got their own tickets for the event, they actually have over 1,000 yet again going to this game, sitting together. Um, I know that Solo D is going to be performing at their tailgate. Uh, if you if you can keep an eye out, Joe Rose is actually doing Cup of Joe right from the tailgate this year. Uh, it's really a really big, fun event. It's something that I know a lot of different Dolphins fans look forward to and travel in from uh, lots of different areas to attend. It's going to be a great time. If you're listening to the show and you happen to be there, I will actually be there. Make sure you come up and say hi. It'd be cool to meet you guys. I'll be bouncing around, wandering around, be having a good time with everybody. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's really cool every year hearing the announcers commentate on how loud the Dolphins fans are at this game all throughout the game. I didn't realize how big it was, I think, until last year. I mean, I always knew it was a big deal. It was growing every year. But after Jarvis Landry busted a long touchdown, Mike Tirico on Monday Night Football says, and you can hear all the Dolphins fans here. I didn't realize it until really that point. So great job to uh, Igor and, and to Michelle and the whole Dolphins NYC community out there. They keep just getting stronger and better every single year out there, and it's much, much appreciated. At, as far as our predictions are concerned, Paul, I, I got to say, if the Dolphins don't win this game, I'm going to be leaving this game here laughing because I'm going to be thinking, they just lost to the worst team in the league. They're one and one. You can argue that they should have lost to the Chargers, among the other problems we would be discussing. But I do think the Dolphins pull this one out and pretty comfortably. I, whether it's a big play here or there, whether it's clamping down where they have to, whether it's the Jets going garbage points at the end, I'm going to say Dolphins 27, Jets 13. Well, I, I went big last week. I, I expected Miami to come out aggressively. I was I was pretty shocked that they didn't. And I think Gase learned from that a little bit in, in the fact that Miami didn't win the game last week as much as I'd love to say they did. They just didn't lose it as much as the Chargers went out and, and 
really put the effort into losing that game. I think Gase learned from that. I think my prediction from last week should have been delayed a week. I do think this is going to be one of those like 35 to 17 matchups, and I think Miami's going to pull away pretty handily here, and you're going to see some backups in towards the end of the game. Look for Jakeem Grant to get a garbage-time touchdown, essentially. That's quite a prediction right there. Jakeem Grant, garbage-time touchdown. We're going to talk about that next week, certainly if it happens. We're going to talk about the entire game next week, as Paul and I each week are going to grade the Dolphins' previous performance from that past week. We're also going to preview the New Orleans Saints game in London for that upcoming week. You you, you can hear our breakdown of that game as well as a guest from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, whether it's a fan site, a blog, well, that's still yet to be decided. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.